Who's, who's this guest that we have in the corner? Gigi. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Gigi Murakami, if you don't mind me Murakami. calling Murakami, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what's going yeah. on? What's going on? I'm chilling. Yeah. How are y'all? Uh, I've been better. Drained. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. damn. Why y'all coming to my house with this energy? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you plants and everything. Right, literally. Like. <laughs> listen, listen. It's been a uh, very busy sort of like uh, past, past couple, couple weeks. Months. I am for you in the last couple months, but like, yeah. But I feel that we are here today uh, to interview you, Miss uh, Gigi, and you are a very interesting person. Yes, a very interesting person indeed. <laughs> am and, I? <laughs> and you don't want many no. people wish they could do that for yeah. sure. Well, especially for Black people. Instead of just mm. like lolly gag. Gaggling, gagging, lolly gagging. Is it lolly gagging? That's 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 like okay, that's weird. Don't say that again. Uh, But yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) When you put it in that context, yeah, like lolly, lolly. yeah, yeah. lolly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, who made that up? Yeah. Perverts, not us. Who made it perverts, perverts. You took it from like zero to a hundred mad quick. I did. Right. So that's, You're like that's my energy. Yeah, perverts. Perverts. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. What's up? Uh, nothing much. Mm-hmm. Busy, busy, busy stuff mm-hmm. too. Um, and what are you so busy with? Explain to us your. Uh... I am busy wrapping up chapter two of my manga, my supernatural horror manga, Redentor, and also planning a one shot that I'm trying to drop this summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Wait, so get into yourself a little bit. So how did you, like, well, I feel like with most people who will become comic artists, like, you know, you grew up watching, reading and watching a lot of animation. But, like, so how was your start in particular, like, interest in it? My start in particular, um, I actually have the first manga that I ever read. And I always oh. tell people about this. And this is, like, this is the literally the first manga I ever read. When I was seven years old. Oh, that is freaky. Panorama of Hell. Panorama of Hell by so Hideshi this, Kino. This sets the tone for your style of pretty much storytelling <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh. So, so how did you find this? I would have ran away from it. So when I was seven, um, I had made friends with a girl that was in my class, and um, we just bonded over like being weird occult like kids, mm-hmm. like loving occult and like horror and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we became friends and I hung out with her a lot at her house and she had this older sister who was like a full weeb before weeb was weeb. Mm. And like she would play like Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8. She had a bunch of like, like the old VHS like animes and stuff and, um, or rather the old animes on VHS. And she had this book too and um, I had borrowed it from them. And was like, you never gave it back. No, no, no. I knew you was gonna say that. Everybody thinks that. I actually rebought this. It's giving thievery. It's it's not. Thievery? This is not that same book. This is a different book. Is that another like paranormal horror type thing. No, thievery? no, no, no. It's giving thie- no, thievery. No, oh, thievery. Like I stole oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay to you. I'm malnourished. How many nerves can you be? She's Jesus. hungry, okay? Her so hungry. Not even hungry, but hungry. Oh, you're oh so my hungry. God. H-O-N-G-R-Y. But anyway, going back to our guest. The so theme. going back. <laughs> Thank you very much. The yeah, so, so I had borrowed it and I was reading through it and um, I was kind of like, this book actually really terrified me when I was like seven years old. Like, um, yeah, like who wouldn't? Like, do you see this thing? Like, look at this. It thing. was, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's a lot. Um, and even in the book, like, it's like absurdist, like horror. Like, it's something that you would definitely watch on like Tales from the Crypt or something. Like, okay. it's just out there. But um, that was like the first manga I've ever read. And then 
uh, for anime, I slowly got into anime. I think same as like everybody else, really. Like I started watching um, Sailor Moon, um, Toonami, you know what I mean? Yeah. Veronica Kenshin, Yu Hakusho. Um, what else? Did I, I feel like there's another show. I, was, I, respect, if you, I respect it, please. Trust and believe, I, I respect it. Yeah, I mean, I did watch Naruto when, like, before it, honestly, before it came out on, like, Adult Swim. In high school, I was watching a bunch of different anime and stuff with friends through, like, Torrance. We were those kids. I know when Torrance were a thing. Yeah, man. we were those kids, so we would get stuff kind of early and just, like, binge through it. So you got started off with this very interesting manga. Yes. And, but what was the moment for you? Okay, so you got into, you know, um, you know manga and, like, anime um, through, like, basically Adult Swim and stuff like that. But what was the moment for you where, where you know, you were like, oh, you know, I want to do this as a career? Mm, that took a long time to uh, to come to that conclusion, actually. So I've drawn since I was a kid. And initially, I wanted to be an animator for Disney. And I used to go to like my, my aunt's house and my grandma's house and watch Disney movies all the time and was like, animation, that's it. That's for me. Um, and then when I went to high school, I went to high school of art and design. And um, I took the animation course there and I was like, yeah, no, animation is not for me, actually. <laughs> We're not going to do that. But I was always doing illustration. Illustration and when I was younger, some one-off comics here and there. Just like story stuff that I saw in a movie and was like, oh, I want to do, I want to make something like that. Mm -hmm. So I'd have like these like crappy comics like in the corner, like as a kid, like drawing in my notebooks and stuff like that. But I, my focus was illustration. So I was like, all right. Maybe I can try to do like concept art for video games. And that also didn't work out. I didn't I have... Why so with that? Hmm? Why so with that? I've been very interested in too. So at the time, mind you, this is years back, but like at the time I didn't have like a tablet. I couldn't afford that stuff. I couldn't afford the programs for, um, you know, the digital programs to get into that. So I was kind of like doing things by hand and like it just... I wasn't feeling comfortable with the quality and like it just it just wasn't progressing fast enough so I kind of just stuck with illustration and then that was it and real quick though so would you say that if you had access to like a tablet and such that at you that time kind of, you, like you would have like had a bit of a different career um, maybe maybe I think I would have probably still ended up coming back to like manga and comics but definitely I would have I might have dabbled way more into that okay so and instead of doing like just like illustrations for clients, I'd probably maybe even work into more design work or something like that, concepts mm -hmm. for clients as well. But um, anyway, that didn't work out and I kind of stuck to illustration for the majority of like my very early career, like out of college and stuff. And um, something that I don't know if a lot of people know, I mean, if you scroll back far enough on my Instagram, you'll find it, but I didn't always draw horror and I didn't always draw like a lot of the stuff that I draw now I drew a lot more kind of cookie cutter stuff because I was like I was influenced by like Ghibli I watched a lot of Disney growing up and like even though like I liked that that wasn't like who I was <laughs> so like you know like we spoke earlier about like mm -hmm. alternative music and like oh you like Deftones and we started talking back and forth about you know you know, rock music and alternative stuff. And like, that was me. I was an alternative kid. So like, okay. I didn't, that wasn't reflected in my art. So around 2020, I was kind of like at an impasse and I really, 
hated my artwork, really hated it. I like, I was going to conventions and like, I just, I wasn't doing the best and I just. What do you mean like conceptually, thematically? Aesthetically and mm -hmm. thematically. I just, it wasn't, it was hollow. It, I was creating work that didn't say anything. I was creating work that didn't like speak to me. It didn't speak to anybody. It was just hollow. Mm -hmm. It was like a husk just there something well, like conversely seeing have seeing how how you've like pivoted into the um you know horror horror genre how do you feel like you're you're uh, best able to um express yourself through like horror as like a genre i feel like i can be more myself with horror mm. um and additionally with manga um i love movies um, I, I've got like a, some poster, yeah, movie posters and stuff. And the like, whole cinema in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love film. I love movies. I grew up watching a lot of films in the house and like with my mom and going to the theater by myself or with my family. So I knew that while I wanted to draw, I also wanted to tell stories. So because I had that kind of cooking in the background and I had these like crappy one-off comics as a kid, just drawing in my sketch, my notebooks and stuff. Um, it just kind of all culminated together in 2020. Um, and it took me like not liking my work um, and also kind of being very introspective and like reflective on like, what do I, like, what is me? Even though I like Ghibli, I like Disney, that is not me. That's not my necessarily like experience, but that is stuff that I like. But to be an artist, I think sometimes you can't just go into the things that you like. You have to go deeper than that. And like, who am I at the core? Mm -hmm. Like, who am I when yeah, people are not around? Like, what kind of stuff do I listen to that I might be embarrassed or like feel guilty to talk to about other people? Unless it's like the day ones, you know, like you have to kind of go deeper into that. And then that's when like the real like good stuff starts coming out. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened with me. And horror was that for me. I think part of the catalyst for that was that book, though. Would you say yeah. 2020, you were thinking about it more because we were all kind of forced to... For sure. To think. You got to sit down, right. I got to think. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic made everybody, you know, reconsider a lot of things in their lives. I feel like a lot of people made major life-changing decisions during the pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. I feel like for me, I'm definitely the type of person that is like, once I have a direction, it's like, go, 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 go. And if I don't take time to stop and reflect... I will, it'll be monotonous. I'm, yeah. I'm like a hamster wheel, like just a hamster on a wheel, just going, going, going without stopping. So I have to always pause and be like, what are we doing? We're going, but like, where are we going? What are mm -hmm. we doing? So I was not doing that before. And I, I didn't even realize that about myself at that time. But, you know, taking that pause did help immensely <laughs> mm -hmm. to be like, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want your career to look like? What do you want your work to say? Is it saying that now? Why not? And there were a bunch of different things that I went into. Um, there's this podcast that I listened to um, called uh, Creative Pep Talk. And it's hosted by this um, artist named Andy J. Pizza. And he had a, he had a, he just talks about creative endeavors and like how to, you know, if you're feeling down or like if your career is not where you want it to be or just different things to sort of like pep you up as an artist and as a creative. And he got into like 
sort of finding your voice, not necessarily mm-hmm. your style. People get hung up on that stuff. Like, what yeah, is style it? Style and voice are very different. It's different. It's very different. Like, you know, I can, I feel like I can draw something that is more cutesy now, and you could still feel the voice of what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Like, my style is my style. Your style is always your style, but like, what you want your stuff to say, and like how you want people to feel from seeing it, is different. And um, he he got into that. So going through his stuff and then just kind of like being introspective and like really sitting down and looking at the stuff that really inspired me, stuff people stuff that I really, really liked, whether or not if I showed other people or not, um, that really helped me get to the core of like, okay, like where my stuff is at now. I have a question though. So because like one big thing that artists have an issue with is like, the concept of, like I said, compromising because mm-hmm. so because what you want to do or like the voice that you have or the style that you have for anything sometimes will not get you, I guess, like financially mm. or even sometimes career wise where you want to be. Because I've seen some artists who like, you know, with their own thing, they're fantastic, mm. but it's like it's not getting them anywhere. Mm. So then they end up falling into that trap of like, well, you know, let's make what's popular. Like and also extended to like them mm. making just fan art mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just generally just making fan art to to get somewhere so like what would you say is kind of like not what's better but more like do you think it's more of a like you should just stick with like doing your own thing and maybe like hoping that this slow process will take you to the path that will take you to like the success and the financial success that you really want or should you do think like it's just better to just compromise if your main goal is to make a financial like you know high finance with your passion in my situation i i'm partnered like i'm married i have a husband that has like a good job and like i i have a little bit of wiggle room Mm -hmm. to do my own stuff but i still have to take client work i still have to bring money in you know what i mean so i think there is there has to be a compromise i i have to still compromise like i can't there are times where i'm like you know i'll say to my my husband like yo I want to focus on this thing for six months. Are we good? Okay, we're good. And then I can focus on my stuff for six months, you know, if, if that's, you know, if that works that way. But otherwise, I have to balance my stuff out. Okay. So I think, yeah, anytime we're talking about financials, there's always have, there always has to be a compromise. Okay, then we also spoke about Artist Alley. So what is a little bit about that? So tips and tricks for Artist Alley. Um, Artist, what is it like as well? Just like... Artist Alley is fun. It's really fun. Um... I will say I'm an ambivert. I, I don't have a problem with being like with people. I also have experience in customer service mm-hmm. and like service work. So like anytime I can make a customer happy, I'm like, I'm over the moon. I'm chatty. I like to talk and like, Mood. and you know, so for me, somebody like me, I really enjoy Artist Alley a lot. I like uh, when people, you know, they, they get their copy of Resents Her and they're oh, flipping ready. through it yeah, and they're like, they're like, wow, what is this about? And I'm like, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, you know, when people are like looking through my stuff and like the excitement, wow, you never see Black Horror. And like, you know, that yeah. lights me up. I like that stuff. Um, but just in, even in general, just like making normal conversation with people at conventions, I personally, I like that. Um, I think for people new to the, convention space and new to artist alley i would suggest starting local Local. (laughs) um i have been doing artist alley for almost 10 years now and i feel like i'm only really just 
just getting to like a, a cozy spot with Artist Alley. Um, I have my setup together. I know what my setup's gonna look like. I My art, like we discussed, has gotten better. And like, I, I have a vision and a voice now for my stuff so people can kind of connect better mm -hmm. with it. Um, and I, I just, I have a routine. I've traveled, I've, you know, traveled out of New York City to like do Artist Alley. So I feel like I have a good grasp on it. For new people though, I would suggest going local. Even with me and my experience, when I first started out in like 2013, I, I went to one of the biggest conventions in the East, which was Otakon. And that was a foolish ass mistake. Yeah, gosh, I have some friends that was going to Otakon as well. And it was I've never seen what it was like. Before. It was not it was not smart at all. Um no. Otakon is a massive convention and it's really that big. It's that big. And that's another thing, it's right? Like, that's like the second biggest one in the country. Yeah. Really? I think Over first anime biggest NYC. Or oh yeah, NYC yeah, yeah, yeah. No, anime Whoa, anime NYC. I didn't know that. I think so, Expo is Expo's the biggest. The biggest and the second biggest is Otakon. Otakon. Whoa. But here's the thing, right? If you're new to conventions and you've never done Artist Alley, you don't know what's the biggest what's not the biggest i didn't know what's the biggest what's not the biggest so you're telling me that in like two to three years maybe two years into doing artist alleys me i'm going to otakon the fact that they even took my money is like problematic so you know, like <laughs> you know why i thought otakon was so big because you know how like every con has a layout right when you go to the website otakon is i probably shouldn't say it so yeah. I don't want to get done. I don't want. I don't. I want. I want to. I want to be open to being invited as a guest. I'm gonna be honest. Whatever it. she got to say, I it don't got nothing to do with me. I, I love Otakon. I, I wasn't Oda ready Kahn. then. I'm ready now. Shut up. Gigi does not endorse any, any of the following statements. My thoughts. My no, own. Tina, her thoughts. Listen, her I, I'll own. say it, so. It's not yeah. rude at all, but. Cause I thought like so I'm I'm comparing it to like Anime NYC. Anime. I can tell you right now, Anime NYC, Javits as a as a venue is not. It's big but it's not the biggest that is no, in the country. So I was going to refer to more like when you're like going online to search for information about like it. The maps like the map stuff? Yeah, like, well, just their general website. Otakons look really dated. So I just... That's uh, fair. So yeah, so That's I fair. just automatically assume like, oh, it's a small website. It updated though. They updated have the they? website. They have. Oh, okay. Because I, I was literally, I was comparing it to Anime NYC, NYCC, and even Anime Expo. And I was like... You know what's a good, a good way to tell if a, if a con has some traction? Look at their social media following. If their social media following is in the thousands, I would say like over 10k. It don't have to necessarily be over 10k because people don't really follow conventions like that. It's mostly artists and like brands and stuff. But if it is in the thousands, like maybe 15 and up, it's worth looking into. If it's in the like you know the the baby thousands, 15, it's probably like a mid-sized con. But if it's got like you know five and up. It's probably doing something. Okay, I get yeah. that. I definitely would go next year for sure, but to Otakon or yeah, Otakon uh, to like be an artist alley. Or? Um, no, I'm still gonna continue. I want to just to scout out, just to, to know the layout, know the venue, see what it offers. The, and the, yeah, I'm just, so I go as a cosplayer for like networking and recon. Yeah, that's, no, it's good though. That's <laughs> something. I, that's something that I definitely didn't do. I mean, it's smart. I didn't do that when I first started out, and I lost a shit ton of money and like <laughs> so wait, what 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 went wrong so i was new right artist alley in order to be successful at artist alley and make your table back and make your expenses back and profit you need products you gotta have products i didn't have products outside of uh uh prints art prints isn't and then that, but isn't that what's 
Because people usually only nowadays. So when I when I had first started art prints, you could do that, but like keychains were like the new kid on the block when I first started out. Nowadays. Bitches out here got like water bottles and stuff that's True. custom plushies made, and shit, plushies yeah. and shit. So like, it's becoming an open marketplace almost for anime inspired or fandom stuff, fan art made merchandise. Mm -hmm. You have to have products. It can't just be art prints. I just had art prints, and then on top of that, your presentation has to be good. Well, the what goes into like a good presentation, mm -hmm. like for like an artist booth? So for me, because my presentation literally got better at the last Anime NYC, because I was at DreamCon last year. Wait, and... you were? Girls at both of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was at... Me... Well, I don't know if I can find this photo, but I I'll, I'll show you the photo later. But my presentation for DreamCon was lackluster. It wasn't... I wasn't happy with it. People were like, oh, this looks really good. This looks really good. And I was like, I'm not feeling this. Something about this is missing. It's not... It's not giving the impact that I wanted to give. So I have to go a little deeper, especially like with this change that's happening in my art. I needed to reflect in my space. Mm -hmm. So for me, this room is my aesthetic. This is like inner, this is me. This is like stuff that I like visually, stuff that I'm inspired by, movies, like this kind of old vintage style, neon lighting. That is me. Mm -hmm. And that all that digging to figure out what was me was in 2020. My booth was not showing that. It wasn't giving that presentation. So I had to pick in what kind of elements do I like. And that's where the neon sign came from my name. So I got this one first, The World Is Yours. And I was like, neon sign, need it, need it, need it, need it. And then again, it, it goes back to the booth and like that's where the name sign came from. Okay. So... Just like little elements and stuff that I've seen from other people's booths where like they have like black curtains and like they hang the artwork up and then there's lighting happening. It's just very almost like interactive kind of stuff happening. So I wanted to keep that. I wanted to keep that and like add bits of like my aesthetics into it. And I think I, I think my booth setup right now is perfect for where we're at. And you're going to include like the keychains? Yeah. Just, okay. Well, I'm I'm working on other products. I'm trying to get more enamel pins going, but um. And is it mostly? Is it like also including fan art or just all strictly merch of your stuff? So, that was another thing. When I first started doing conventions and like my previous art style, it was a lot of fan art going on. And again, it just wasn't really making me happy. Um, I love these characters. You know the characters that I was doing fan art of, but you do go come like you do reach an impasse where it's like okay. If I'm not making a certain amount of money or like if it's not selling the way I wanted to, maybe I should do fan art. And then you start leaning into that when it becomes financially driven. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's not great. There should be compromise. Like you should have your own stuff and fan art stuff, but like stuff that you really like. Not stuff that you, you know, like Jujutsu Kaisen is the moment. At that time, well, a few years back, we all know that like, like everybody and their moms was making JJK fan art. But like even even further back than that, like My Hero Academia, like everybody was on My Hero Academia to the point where like Shinji would come with me to like conventions and he'd be like, damn, maybe you should start making some My Hero Academia. He's like, what is that? And well, I was like, it still persists too. It's still. Dimension is like the highest grossing, I think, of fan and, art. But Demon Slayer stuff, like, but it's like, I don't watch any of those shows. I tried to get into Demon Slayer. I saw the whole first season. I saw Mugen Train. I'm just not into it. It just, it doesn't, you know, it's just not for me. But um, 
if it was solely finances, I would pour all my energy into that, which I'm not going to hold you. I think me making demon art, demon uh, slayer fan art would be kind of, I think it, it would slap. I think in your style. <laughs> in my yeah, style. But, but. I don't like Demon Slayer. You know, I, just... I, I bring it up also because of, I have a friend of mine and she's a phenomenal artist, but she didn't gain any traction until she started. So she did BTS fan art. First. But here's the thing, right? Yeah. Especially like on Instagram or Even like any BTS social media. Didn't pop off like that. Or no, 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 no. It when did, she did after it, that's that. when she went. <laughs> like, no, she's a millionaire. But that's the thing. <laughs> but that's the thing. And, and then you like, get. Oh, man, but she's so talented with her, her original stuff. But then you get known for the fan stuff. Yep. And that, and so she and ended up taking a break. It's demotivating yeah. because it's like, wow, the moment I start doing my stuff, people don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like that. that yeah, Why should that's I? Exactly. I would is. rather spoil people extra and do fan art and be like, mm, I think I'm gonna just do this thing and then like maybe I'll put the original for sale or something, and then that's it. Or like maybe I'll do one print. I have one like Misa Mane print from mm-hmm. Death Note, and like she's well, you was black. You was fucking- Rock with Death Note fan art too. I I do. I have Misa Mane, and like she sells like gangbusters because people love her. Do do more, like, but it's just it's just that it's one just that just... one. But like people, so like if if people want fan art from me, like they have to beg me because I don't <laughs> I don't want to do it. Like kiss the pinky, kiss you, kiss you know. The pinky. Respectfully though, respectful. <laughs> I heard respectful. there's like another thing too. This actually happened to me too, and I was just kind of like, what the fuck? Where it was like I I used to do um bleach fan art, which is what. I say they also got known for, oh, you're the girl that did a bleach fan art. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Who wants to be known as that? You know what I'm saying? But and it's then, like. Because um, I, I, I don't know how. So you're not, I don't, you're not supposed to have a, you don't have to have a license to sell fan art, right? But this is. Technically you do. Technically, right? Because yeah. so I. That's sell, another thing. Yeah. That's another thing. That if we're talking about the finances. It's a double-edged sword. You make money making fan art. But you make if, too much. If you make too much, they shut your shit down. And that's why, like, you know, when it comes to some of the anime streetwear brand stuff and, like, well, some of it's his, not licensed, I'm like, ooh, what's his, what's babe, his be careful. No, like, like, like he makes, like, that, oh, yeah. No, I feel like <coughs> half the time whenever I see, like, an Akatsuki, like, hoodie, I'm like, is this licensed? No, so, God, don't, no. Like, <laughs> The only person that's licensed, I think, as far as I know, is Hypeland. Hypeland, yeah. And everybody else is just, they're like, everybody's just making boots. Everybody's just making boots. What's his name? Everybody's um, just making boots. The, uh, Until you get slapped with the Japanese cease and desist. Yeah. Like, and it's a wrap. And it's like. And Who's the dude that makes the uh, Pochama? Um, no, oh, so King. Oh, so King. So King. So King. Yeah. I am wondering how, how like all the so, lawyers, so Sonin Jump has not like, I don't gotten know on top if of his he, like case because like I don't know if he. Well, I don't. I don't know if So King likes like, stuff. Yeah, I, I'm be honest with that. Yeah. I met him last Anime NYC. I got his shirt. We met up. It was cool. Um, I didn't talk to him business. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my god, you're here. Like, I'm glad you came because mm-hmm. we spoke on Twitter and was like. I was like, are you coming? You coming? Not coming? Come to the booth. Um, so I don't know if his stuff is licensed, but regardless, there are a lot of specifically black owned, like, you know, streetwear brand anime stuff that's like, it's all boots, it's all bootleg stuff. Um, and they, the designs are fire, but it really just takes one executive to be like, they're making too much fucking money. And that's what and I And your whole business is because, gone. Because like at the con, especially big cons too, I'm like, you know this motherfuckers. You know the exhibitors the is right down there, right? Literally, so I'm like, how are you? What really got me though was, was Genshin Impact. Because, you know, Genshin Impact, same thing with um, MHA. Huge booming fan art. And I'm like, no one's, I'm like, how are you guys? 
You know, I think they're just purposely ignoring it because I think they it's do. like one of those like they do. There's your, you're bringing up Listen, some they definitely are that. because even in Japan there are no like like it's strict on the copyright stuff in Japan. It's it's a lot stricter over there than it is over here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so hard like, to enforce things like across and that too. Borders. That's also I think a that's too. part of the reason. But like, I think what would make more sense is like if there's ever a streetwear brand where like or like a anime streetwear crossover type of brand or whatever, whoever made it and if it looks really good and it's selling hire really them. well exactly yeah it would make more yeah. sense to hire them <laughs> that being said this is purely speaking from my own experience there's a lot of like risk aversion what's that and mean? they don't want to take risk. they don't want to take risk it's a lot of risk it's like that here and a too. lot of bureaucracy yeah with japanese companies yeah, yeah yeah so unless you're like 50 years old and mid-senior level or up you could be like if you're like a new grad and you bring a really good idea They'll, like, at best, they'll be like, well, think about it. Yeah. That's surprising. It never, yeah. it never no, the bureaucracy out there is crazy. It's insane. You could wait months for something to pop off. Months. Mm-hmm. Just just to move information up the right. ladder. And months. If, and if you're, like, you know, younger or, like, you joined the company more recently, like, whatever you say doesn't mean shit compared to someone who's been there for, like, yeah. 10 plus years and is middle-aged. And, yeah. it, and that's funny so, because it's, it's ironic so, how they like persisted thus far, like how the companies haven't just went under. So well, it's the same people that's running the committees. They're all. If it works, we don't even need to get into all this, to be honest. My point really is, I feel like the more logical decision would be to like talk to these people who are on the ground, see what sells hire them as designers but they're not going to do that because they're just like well it's too risky it's too risky because it could be like they would rather stagnate like when, yeah. it, when it comes to the like when there's a growth opportunity if there's any risk at all like, they would rather stagnate yeah than take that opportunity that's yeah. crazy and it's that's the opposite so that's, that's, here. An, that's very anti-business because that's not what business like, is about well, it's, like, it's different for them they just want to be around for a long time yeah that's why that's why you'll see like things that have jumped the shark continue to be sold commercially in Japan. Yeah. I mean, I... The, no, it, what you're saying, Mason, well, it's just like from yeah. a business standpoint, it's just so... It's Listen, hard to realize how they... Japan is a conundrum. Yeah. Stagnation in their minds is better than like taking a risk. Taking a risk and losing it all. Right. right. I do want to talk about risk aversion. And um, if I last checked... We're all black here, and you are Skin a black o'clock. man. <laughs> I was like, "Why are you black?" Right, right. right. What? <laughs> That's all we I got the same rats, bro. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you are a black, you know, artist. Much more a black manga artist, and it's very like, a, like I want to get your your like perspective from kind of like how how the community has kind of like accepted you, kind of like the black American community, um, how the Japanese side of things have accepted you, and just, like, your, like, experience as a black person making manga in in the uh, more, like, you know, regular Japanese style, so in the more traditional style, black and white, there's no color, right. and it follows that, like, sort of, like, traditional Japanese um, form. So for you, being black... How has that been being like a manga creator? Real quick, just to establish, so you, so you are somebody who works with a publishing company. I'm self-published. You are self-published. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
do you, and you have, but you just have, because I'm just, just for the audience, but you have connections with I do have Japanese connections publishing with, companies. Yes. Okay, there we go. Yes. There you go. So please, let us so, know. So, how do I feel about this? What's been my experience? My experience, for the most part, as a black person, has been fairly good. I think it's been pretty well received, actually. Um, and when you say community, I'm assuming you're meaning like black community. Yeah, the blur. I mean, so there's like two aspects: the blurred community and, and then like everybody the greater, else. The other, the greater anime, weaves. Yeah, the greater <laughs> weaves and nerds. Um, our our like, deficient. Do you mean veteran. the black community or like no, so like black like black so, nerds? That's the so black, black nerds and then the, the nerds. And then just like yeah, oh, okay. everyone I that is like yeah. black people in general. Because uh, I'm just like no, because once you get past like age 25, like no one's gonna fucking clown you for watching anime and being black. Like I mm. think nobody clowns you now, but like yeah, yeah please like. Yeah. So, <laughs> as a black person, I haven't really had any, I haven't really had too many, I, I, I want to say I wouldn't complain. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do have networks in the manga and anime industry. I've been in rooms with these people, talking to these people, um, shown people my work, piqued interest. Um, those relationships are very good. They are maintained, they're good, and it's, I'm being very well received. Um, and they understand the gravity of like what somebody like me creating work is. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not looked down upon, it's not brushed aside, and it's not trivialized. The people that That's I am awesome. in contact with, the people who know me, people have become, we have networked and have become friends. They understand what I'm trying to do um, and they support it. Um, and they have been very helpful to try to like give me as much support as I need, um, give me as much advice as I need, and like, just make sure that I'm in a stable position to be as good as I can be. Um, I would say for the Blurred community, it has been nothing but love, especially since I changed up my style and stuff like that, um, where it's like, not my style, but like, now that my work has like a voice going on, like people can kind of understand like what I'm doing. They, they understand what's happening. People are like, when is this gonna be anime? Are you gonna work with this person? You wanna you wanna reach out to that person? And people are starting to get excited and like Great. plan stuff for me. <laughs> like, oh, this would be so cool if like Monkey Paul could do this thing. And also, you know, so you love it when the fans do the work for you. Exactly. That's how you know you good. <laughs> exactly. And you know, <laughs> Monkey Paul Productions. You know, you know, we, we manifest a studio mapper for you. Studio map okay. mapper or um, Ufotable. Or who? Ufotable. The sure people that the Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, so, yeah. So, yeah, the Blurreds have been on it. They've been, it's been a lot of love, a lot of support. The wider weebs, um, I don't know if I've reached that point of the wider weebs. There's definitely... So like you said the wider weebs. The wider wider weaves um i'm not sure if i've reached that space per se but there are definitely you know other groups of people that have seen my work and have like been into my work and have bought my stuff at the conventions and stuff like that so i feel like so far for me the reception has been it's been good it's still, it's slow and steady growth happening, but I feel like it's been very good. Because so. as, um, as, I will like say, a, yeah. just, just to chime this in there, as a black person, I feel like it's been okay. Mm. 
feel like as a woman though, there's wow. there's still there's still some things that like I feel a little I'm wondering. How so? Damn, if you, you can, like drama. If you know, if you can share <laughs> in a very loud. No, 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 no. This is like for audience. So here's the thing. I don't have any specific tea or anything like that. No, no, not that, but like for you being a woman, like in this industry. Jordan Ramen. Listen. For being for being a woman, it does feel a little um I feel like I'm looked over. And I, I is don't... that by like the Japanese side of things or the blurred side of things or in general or the nerd side of things in general? Yeah. I think the nerd side of things in general because like really? the the Japanese stuff well, yeah. like yeah, that's surprising to hear. The Japanese stuff is like that'll come if I'm good, it'll come. Mm-hmm. You know, N- you know, good is good, and they will recognize that. And like mm-hmm. when that comes, it comes. But um, and like I said, on the industry side of things, um, it's fine, but. You know, in the in the space, in the communal space, sometimes I feel like I'm a little looked over, mm. a little bit. Really? Yeah. Would you say it's like overall misogyny in a nerdy space? Overall, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, there's misogyny you know everywhere. How, oh my god, it's. Well, I mean, it's kind of like how rec- like in recent years, like in the past maybe five or so years, not like it's become more you know acceptable to say you like anime it's more of like a popular thing now right it's not as niche as it was like 20 years ago right so like you have like all these girls talking about i love anime i love anime and then you have like the guys the really bitter guys these stank musters (laughs) no but like they're so they'll be like really bitter and question you know how authentic of a nerd you are but 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 then meanwhile they only watch shonen yeah I'm like, and the cinema, not even like old, but it's like the generic, the top three. Literally the generic in. top like three. three. The a, big three. With That's a, it. With a DBZ profile pick. Right. <laughs> like quiz you on like the most mainstream shonen shit ever. And it's Meanwhile, like, I could do a Google search. And I'm like, have you ever watched Peach Girl? Peach Girl? Like, have you ever watched? Have you seen Nana? Watch have you seen Skip Beat? Right. Exactly. Like, who the fuck is you? Like. Right. It's it's, it's, sorry, it's, it's ironic a little bit. No, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, no, and that's the thing. So like, uh, that that was always the funniest part about the whole. Oh, girls won't be liking anime. They just want to impress. Like, and another thing that I like, I was not five years old watching Sailor Moon transform for ten minutes for your mustache. Literally. Another thing about you. Too, another thing too is also like, even when the stuff is like, when the stuff is female focused, and it's like obviously there's a change in the art style, right? So like, when that happens, you know, I've had friends. I'm not gonna throw him under the bus, but I have I have artist friends, and we've gone to like Kino Kuniya, and like we we reach a certain section, and it's like a lot of shoujo stuff, and I'm like, oh look at that, and they're like, that's not for me. Not even that. It's just like (laughs) it'll be shoujo stuff, and it'll be like, that's not for me. That's not for me. He was like, you know, let me get out the section. It's not for me, and it's like. Dude, what? Is it gay to is it gay to read children? I thought you were hetero though. But it's but here's the thing. What happened? It's about girl and guy love. Right. And also like this, and also there are some there are some series where it's like the female characters, the way they are written, are terrible. Right. Like I'm not even gonna front. Like Death Note had horrible female characters. Oh my god! Yeah. See, it was so. I don't want to go on the tangent on one, but I completely agree. Like plot wise, it's great. But the female characters are the weakest part Bakuman of that and whenever that pair gets together, Obata and uh, uh, I think Obata is the, the writer's name. Whenever that pair gets together, all the women are trash. 
All the women are trash. <laughs> Bakuman, women are trash. Right. Right. That's no women are trash. And the thing is, like, the shonen that I think had, like, some of the best female characters is Full Metal Alchemist because, like... But it was written by a woman. Exactly. When so, it's there we go. Woman, we know it's going to be... Well, uh, well easy there. Because Def... Uh, Demon Slayer... Part. Easy. Oh, you don't. <laughs> oh, so you got some like, hot takes about Demon Slayer? So. Okay, it's oh. like, can we have personalities other than like a tsundere bitch who's clumsy with her feelings True. and a shy girl with big titties? Like, right. come on now. I will say for right. Demon Slayer's right. defense, the focus Or a badass uh, girl that hardly speaks and ain't got no titties. Because Mikasa, <laughs> Mikasa, and also oh gosh, the girl from Bleach. I forgot her name. Yo, um, Yori, I'm not Yorichi. I'm Orihime. Not Orihime. Orihime Rukia? is the shy Rukia. 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 Yeah. I like Rukia. What's wrong with her? We're about to get this in 4K. We're about to get this in 4K. Please. I. Anyway, no, she said, "Let me, let me, let no, me hold my peace." No, I'm saying it's just like it is kind of the same stuff happening. Yeah, in my opinion, like, it's almost like it's like, like you team, have. I don't throw it down. I love. This one like my top like favorite sim- of the three. There's always like a you notice like the similarities like the you notice the, the similarities. Has, if a girl has like big boobs, her personality is gonna be like this. If her boobs are like she's a flat chested girl, she's gonna be like this. Right. She got she has to be badass because exactly. the other girls she got big boobs. That's enough. Oh, I so, get what you're saying. That well, it's no, Rukia no. Mikasa. They're in the same like. Oh, tribe. so the thing that throws a wrench in is because in Bleach you had Yurimichi, she had titties. She was still a bad bitch. But. She's also a type, though. You have, like, the ultra, like... Right, they're... they're there's ty- sort of the femme fatale okay. kind of type. There, there are definitely, like, tropes. There's nothing wrong it. with tropes. There's nothing wrong with tropes. You're spotting it as it is, is what you're trying to get at. But, like, when you're only putting female characters into these tropes. And, like, well, also, the male characters get into tropes, too, but the writing is better. There's the there's something that's, that's... Yeah, well, that's for like, sure, I think, more, in general, they're like... They're fleshed out and three-dimensional when it's Exactly. A, you only, like, the trope is the base. Right. With women, it doesn't go that far. You see it, it's the base and that's it. Okay. You see, this is why Nana is one of the greatest stories of all time. Oh, of you all see time. more well-rounded female characters in shows or shows and series that are written by women because, yeah. like, if not, and that's not gendered. It's not just the female characters that are that way. It's all the characters in the story. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like, for example, right? You get a backstory as to why you know certain male protagonists are the way they are. Right. The female protagonists, you don't really always get a backstory. Fire Force moment when they... Oh, Fire Force <laughs> is the worst fucking offender. Oh, my the God. Female characters, it's like, uh, you might it get, still like... Explain, but yeah. Like, for example, you might get her casually mentioning some traumatic shit she went through once. Never hear about that. it again. You never no, hear about it again. That's right. what I love about Fire or, Force. Or, like, that's what people hate about Fire Force. With, with, with like, what's her face? The, uh, the uh, cat Maki, girl? Not Maki. You, oh, wait. Wait, Fire Force cat girl. Yeah, um, the girl with, like, the fire cat powers. Maki? Yeah, it marks up something oh, like that. Oh, always being naked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The way that they explain the reason why she's constantly in these, like, sexualized scenes is because it's, like, legitimately a part of her, like, character arc and a, and a, and a part of her, like, uh, powers power set actually like it is the most roundabout to way to say, say you like listen naked I, just, bitches, I, just, like, I just want to see her half naked like don't make me have to explain that's myself like, no that's like, like yeah. sydney sweeney in the second season of euphoria how she's always naked and crying yeah. in every goddamn episode yeah. and i'm like sam levinson what's wrong with you hey well you know when you know guys right you know we write what but, we like and that's the thing it's like, we write what we, we write. like I mean, women that have no personality just 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 titty everywhere exactly not to get too derailed um, 
uh, <laughs> and like continue. I'm, 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 right, well, no, Stacey, no, let no, her finish no, her point real quick. No, please, 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 please. No, please. I mean, my point is, it's like if we're like, can we have a reason for this character doing this or like acting right. like this? And I feel like whenever, like, and that's one thing I really like about shoujo. It's like, for example, this character is really insecure because of X, Y, Z. You hear her internal monologue. You hear her talk about it. And, or like she's, you know, concerned about something going on with her friends and that makes her more relatable. It's to the point you, the reader internalizes it. Right. Yeah. But I can't do that when it's just like, too. oh, she has a crush on the protagonist and she has big boobs and she's shy and quiet and Let's her go. personality ends there. Let's go. Mm. Or like she's tsundere and the protagonist likes her and her personality ends there. Mm. And I'm just like... That's it. Yeah, was uh, Toradora written by a woman? Because I feel like it yeah. probably was. It was? Oh, he's just, I, don't he like just... I don't like I didn't like Toradora at all. I mean, she was like a rich the girl, she was a rich girl who was who felt neglected or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like I saw like one or two episodes. Yeah, the, and, like, and the guy was like me. this intimidating looking guy or whatever. And, and he was like a he was sweetheart poor and he was like really yeah. sweet and yeah. I'm trying to And she was what... cute, but she was like aggressive. Yeah, it was just if they just toned down that nasty that ass attitude, that would have been great. Cause like this this soon did is. I feel that. We see soon did, but she was like it was like, yo, like girl. I well hated, that's what made whoa. it more sweet when, the, when the like, they finally got together. It's like people who grow up watching Tsundere characters and feel like they identify with them. Yes. They that try to so be mean. like that in real life. Yes. I knew a girl like that in college. And oh, she's too like, old for that. Come on. College? <laughs> oh, God. I, we'll talk about this over Robin, but I just, when I feel like talking shit, she's not going to watch this. She's not black. But. <laughs> yeah, but what is she like? Oh, see, she never, I would podcast You never know. You never know. It's exclusively black. Listen, I'm dead. If, no, if you're not black, you can't. You she can't watch this, I'm but sorry. But I said what I said. Yeah, like. yeah. But, uh... Oh, to, to, if we were to bring it back she, to the... Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, um, so I wanted to ask you... Wait, real quick. Uh, I, got, I got one yeah. question, though. Just related to the um, Artist Alley thing. Fuck. You are really... Uh, like, girl, I can give you the spark notes. No, I'm also just, just getting serious. <laughs> like, fuck, we got, we got Dressa. I can't remember. Oh, well, I guess, like... Let's come back to this later. Oh my god! I had to come okay, back. Anyway. I had a wasted film. <laughs> I had to come back in my head. I got to so, come back in my head. Anyway, the first time I heard about oh, like, I, I got it. I got it. Okay, all right. So <laughs> getting into publishing because this is for the audience of people who are genuinely curious about this. I'm trying to ask a question for the audience too, T. All right, yeah, but this is what it. Okay, so <laughs> so <sighs> in terms of like establishing these relations, like how how did you how did that come about? Was it at, like, you went to these uh, these events where uh, artists and people, like, scouted you type thing, or did you reach out to them? Okay. So that's a good question. So It's basic, but yeah, it's good. But it's what people want to know from a person. Uh, Toast is good, but No, I mean, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, so something that happened, I do have friends who are artists, and they are, like, their careers, they want to work for people. I would like to build my own stuff. Mm -hmm. So our trajectories kind of went elsewhere. So... I have some people who like friends who work here, there, you know, et cetera. Some play, some, in some situations I was at Artist Alley and some people spotted me just looking at my stuff. So I don't necessarily want to say what company, but there was a representative from a company who is a well-known company. Um, they, I was in Chicago and they saw my stuff and they were like, whoa, this is really good. And, you know, we just started chatting and stuff like that. And uh, they actually studied Japanese and studied Japanese in college. So, you know, my Japanese was much better then than it is now. But we spoke a little bit in Japanese and went back and forth. And um, they were like, oh, 
okay, cool. Like, let me give you my card. And their company was on the card. And I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, You know, and we kept in touch and, you know, all that. Uh, Another situation where sort of I kind of got more like concrete in was 2021 when I was invited to do uh, the Inside the Industry panel at Anime NYC. And um, I was there with uh, some homies, um, people who I didn't know at the time, but are now homies, um, except for Nicholas Draper Ivy, who has been a friend of mine for a long time. Um, And, you know, he was like, they're looking for a black female mangaka. Do you want to come? And that was my first ever panel. And I was like, I don't know, should I come? And he was like, you should start before you're ready. And I was like that. So I went. <laughs> wow, truth bomb. Right. So I Damn. went and um, and it was a good panel. I was nervous. It was my first panel. Um, and, you know, at that time, I didn't have too much of my own original work to discuss, but I had worked on other people's things. And, you know, it was a good learning lesson. For, when you say work, do you mean like you've done like editorial stuff for them or you did art for them? Art for them, for their stuff. Okay. These are not companies, though. These are just people. people. So, you know, I came in and, you know, it was a good experience. And, like, there was a lot of love that was there. And my uh, panel mates is, like, you know, where those, where that networking and that, like, uh, that nurturing kind of happened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and they're all from different companies. And then that's how now these companies know me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then for that specific year... That was my, and I was talking to you about this a little earlier as mm-hmm. we were setting up, but I went to my first industry party. Bef- and usually at Anime NYC, they'll have like an industry party that Thursday. And then the next, that Friday, and then the weekend is the convention. That Thursday was my first party. Went in there, was seeing all these people and, you know, all these people working for all these different companies and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. So a lot of it is um, self-driven. Like you'll have people who will support you to a point and be like, okay, here you are. And now you have to start doing your own thing. So a lot of the other connections that I have are through just talking to people, catching up with people, getting people's numbers, emails, checking in. Yo, are you good? How's it going? Check out my stuff. Or, you know, just constantly talking, talking, talking. And um, when these companies are doing things as an artist, when portfolio reviews are happening go in get your portfolio review because these are not third-party people that work as for you know subsidiary these are people that are in the company um and that's you know because of my own uh initiative yeah yeah, my own personal drive my own initiative i did a portfolio review with a company i'm not gonna say but you know if something happens y'all will know (laughs) but i did a portfolio review and a friend who was my panel mate, was at that company, came with me and was like, all right, I'll go with you. Just as an extra sign of solidarity and support, and I am now in conversations with this company. And it, it's like stuff like that, but like you have to be creative and like go for it. And, and like you can't be shy. You got to, yeah, you know, because these are just people at the end of the day. It's like, oh man, like I hate my job or, you know, or like, damn, work was tiring. I'm, you know, I'm ready to go home. Same regular stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like everyday kind of job situations like 
it's for us that we're fans. We're like, oh my God, like, you know, you, but for them, it's like, I'm sure, of course, they're grateful to work where they work, Mm -hmm. but it is like, it's some office stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? I ask that because I know there's always like a debate about what's more beneficial, like to make connections or get anywhere, like with your career, especially for art is like, which is that, is it better to focus on online or in person? And I'm like, I would do both. You're both. I I say I'm a very strong, I mean, I definitely believe in both too, but I'm like both, but lean towards like in-person meeting, like going to events, going up. You can do both. Online is like just so hard. I personally, I would suggest doing both. You can, you can uh, start the process online. Reach out and be like, hey, you know, I'm such and such. This is my artwork, blah, blah, blah. But it can't just be all you. I love your stuff. Or I, you know, you, mm-hmm, it, yeah. it's a two-way street. You know, and, you know, in Japanese, like, kind of ideology, there's this concept of, like, give and take, right? And what can mostly focus on, like, what you can do for them for the most It doesn't part. have to be mostly, but, like, it should be mutual. Like, you know, I love your stuff. Like, compliment. Be normal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> this is somebody that you want to <laughs> make a connection with and, you know, be cool with. So... You know, you if you if you wanted somebody to be cool with you, you wouldn't want them to just be like, oh, me, 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 me. Yeah. So like, you do want to create a situation where it is like, it, it's mutually comfortable. You know, it's not just all your stuff. It's not all their stuff. It's comfortable. So, but definitely, you know, there's no shame in reaching out and being like, hey, you know, I like your stuff, or you know, I'm an artist, or you know, and just reaching out. Mm-hmm. So. I would start that process online. It doesn't hurt. It's free. As opposed to in person, if you go to the conventions, you got to pay money to go yeah. out there. It's a flight. You got to stay somewhere. So, but even if you do do that and just decide to go as a con goer, if the company is having an event, speaking specifically as an artist, it's a portfolio review or whatever, go to the portfolio review. See what they're doing. If you, and sometimes it's hard because like not all the companies have people's names listed out. I have a little bit of an advantage because I'm at the parties. Mm-hmm. And then that's when all the, the smaller people in the company, or not even smaller, but the people of the company now have a face. The company has a face, multiple faces that I can go back and forth with. And if I don't know something, like, who's this person, who's that person, blah, blah, I have those deeper connects in my panel mates that'd be like, oh, I know that person, you know, and then it starts from there. Mm. But, you know, awesome. you can do the legwork and reach out online. And then when you see them in person, people feel touched. They feel like, oh, you you reached out? Oh, yeah, I remember that DM, you know? And then they feel like, oh, this person's serious. Okay, cool, let me see your work in person. It's it's like that. It's like that. It's like, like reaching that. out ahead of time, just, you know. Just to set the root. Like, to, to put the right. seed in and, like, watch it grow. And then continue to keep up. Don't be like, oh, this is my stuff. And then you meet up in person and things go well. And then radio silence. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta maintain. And it's a lot. I have a lot of contacts that, like, I have to check in and be like, yo, are you good? You know, you want to hang out, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like, how's things going? You have to check in. Because that's, that's they'll forgive too. you. They'll that forget is, you. Yeah. Persona taught me how to better manage my time. I'm dead. <laughs> Basically, that, that's, that's like the whole, like, you know, friendship system, right? Make sure that you're always, like, hanging out with, with oh, yeah, the confidants sure. so that for you sure. can, like, actually get, get the rewards later <laughs> on. Life is just persona when you think about it, really. I mean, For sure. Yeah. I keep messing with this mic. I'm so sorry. No, no, problem. My no, sound no. is going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It is my job to fix it, so. Uh, but, yeah, so um, to cap this all off, the last thing that I wanted to talk about and ask you about is, um, so the first time I heard the concept of black horror was actually not too long ago. It's when Lovecraft 
country, country yeah. yeah country came out and like i was like reading headlines of like oh the first black horror like you know tv series and stuff like Gina that Torres? no it's the one with the guy that's the, getting canceled uh, jonathan majors jonathan majors and journey smollett yeah mm-hmm. and seeing that you know you're making a manga in the horror genre with like black characters characters what's like the um like uh, like for you how does like black <laughs> horror uh kind of differ from like other types of horror and like uh, um how are you using your lived experience as a black person to kind of like you know kind of like tell a story unique to um you know black horror the difference for me for writing black horror as opposed to like just horror sorry my dog <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think a lot of times, like, mainstream horror doesn't really have much to say. Yeah, it's very, like, generic. It's, like, the same thing all the time for the most part. And here's the thing, too, like, uh, kind of circling it back a little bit to my artwork and, like, how I found its voice. Mm-hmm. I feel like black horror has more of a voice as opposed to a mainstream horror. And that's not a dig at anybody because I still like horror just in general. Mm-hmm. Um... But I do find that, like, just mainstream stuff, it don't really... It's more for shock. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you do in this situation? Which is fine. Because I, I love that stuff, too. And it gets you thinking, like, wow, what would I do in this situation? And that's also what horror is meant to do. It's meant to provoke you and get you to, like, think, like, critically about, like, dang, what would I do? Or, like, what would happen if something like that went down? I think where black horror kind of, like, pushes that extra step, though is that it does have something extra to say. It's like, what would you do in that situation, but you were black, which- ha- I mean like there's an allegory. There's allegory, there's allegory, okay. there's there's metaphor, there's, there's a lot more stuff happening in black horror. And it's not all black horror, but usually there is stuff happening. Well, that makes sense because like the, for example, the garden party scene was literally like an a slave auction to a slave auction yeah right but like you wouldn't know that unless you were black or right. like unless you had like a very or the virtue signaling about obama from the right from the from the, the girl the girlfriend's dad right not not you wouldn't know that only if you were black but like if you were black and knew extensively about like black american history, history. right right right, right. So, so you try to incorporate that specifically like so, history into your and when she was eating the cereal and the milk separately Oh, that's a whole different. And I was like, "That's a scary." I don't know. <laughs> like, oh God, it's such that's, a- that's the horror for horror's sake. <laughs> but so the dis- the distinction for me is that, and this is not exclusive to black horror, mm-hmm. but I do feel that whenever black horror is involved, like whenever something is black horror, there's usually something extra to say. Like Hereditary is one of my f- most favorite horror I've movies, heard good about that movie. and it's directed by Ari Aster, who is not a black person. But the experiences were coming from his, from what I've read, his personal fam- familial experiences. And that struck a chord with me because I, f- I felt very similarly to what was going on in the movie. But it was framed through horror. So it was different. But that's not everyday horror films. Like whenever there's like an all white cast or like it's, it's not thought of as like, it's not a black film or black horror movie. That's, that's not the regular, that's not typical. Mm-hmm. For me, for Resenter, um, Resenter specifically, and mind you, I don't want to necessarily have to get too deep all the time. Sometimes I just want to have fun, mm-hmm. regular stuff. 
But specifically for Resenter, this story, the horrific parts aren't my experience. But the crux of the story, resentment and like revenge, that is definitely, the origins of that is definitely coming from my experience. Mm. Um, more so experiences with like people that have been in my life um, who I've spent a lot of time with growing up and like just feelings of resentment developed and like me critically thinking about those relationships and whether or not I wanted to keep those or not. And like, what would it look like if I had the opportunity to do something like this, something heinous, but like, you know, obviously I can't do these things in real life. Mm -hmm. You get arrested. <laughs> but like, just thinking like, just the wheels are turning, like this horrific thing, like, well, well, you know, what would I, what would I do if I had the opportunity to do this thing? Or like, if, if this thing happened to me, if I was murdered by somebody, like would I hold this grudge? Would I like, you know, what would I like, what would I do in this sort of situation with the, you know, same like in the story where if you're murdered, you can, you see a rip, a ripper who was like the story's grim reaper or whatever. Um, and the rippers offer you choices of like, do you want me to get vengeance for you? Are you good? You want to move on? Or do you want to basically do my job as well? And, you know, assist me with this. And it's like, what would I do? I've had not grudges, but I've had resentments in my life where I felt very strongly and it's like, damn, you really ain't shit. <laughs> and like really bad, really bad feelings of resentment, but like in trying to deal with those in a way that's not harmful in a way that's like helpful and like ask questions more than just like make assumptions or just like just sit on those mm -hmm. and have that in the back of my head constantly moving. Mm -hmm. So that's where resenter comes from, from my own personal feelings of resentment. Um, and the situation is different. How things happen in the story is different. But the spark of the idea is definitely coming from my own personal experience. Damn, that was deep. I like that. I told you it was I like deep. deep. Black hole gets deep. Yeah. I'm not trying to make every story I do like that because it does, at the beginning of this story, creating this story, it was... um. It was a lot. It was like emotionally. About to say emotionally, very taxing. Yeah, it was. Dating to yourself. Right, and um, I had to look very critically at those relationships, and I had to make my own decisions about those. But like this was, it was all coming to a head because I'm building a character who is having those emotions at the same strength at the beginning of the story. So like, it it it, it can be a lot. It can be a lot. So. Oh, yeah, I like, I like the sound yeah, of that. Yeah. Well, Gigi, thank you so much for, I mean, first of all, bring us into your, you know, inner sanctum. Yes. One, and two, just like talking about your experiences, um, doing, you know, something that's like super unique. And yeah, thank you so much for like coming through. Any last remarks? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming. Yeah. And, and <laughs> for coming to travel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Today. Oh, yes. I appreciate it. Okay, let's not get back <laughs> on that. But, but I but, do appreciate you coming. Yeah, thank and you. Thank better you. not raise their prices anymore. Because after that, absolutely this not. This is why you should. <laughs> not on camera, Tia. Jump the turnstile. No, listen. I'm just joking. Listen, it right. is, it is, it is more fully, 
It is morally, morally responsible to jump the turnstile at every single moment. Reparations. Uh, crazy, bro. Not that far, but yeah. Reparations. <laughs> uh, our non-black fans are going to think that you're not joking. Right. Hey, so and? <laughs> I might be happy. But thank you for watching this episode of the Black Japan Podcast. See you in the next one.